preface. When I first got into the business of helping people cultivate conversation skills, I ran into a lot of skepticism. Invariably, executives would scoff at the idea of a housewife's trivial initiative to overcome boredom. Then I would get clandestine calls for assistance from folks with prestigious titles. People would construct elaborate, covert operations to seek advice without actually asking for it because they were embarrassed. I can appreciate that. In a previous life, as a nerdy engineer, I was burdened with poor social skills and embarrassed by my own conversational ineptitude. Before I gave myself a remedial education in the fine art of small talk, I had been a poor communicator and a timid person for as long as I could recall. As a girl, I had been overweight, a reticent kid who sat invisible in the back of the class, often excluded because of my size. One of my most vivid memories of childhood is that of a birthday party for my third-grade classmate, Rita. Every girl in my class was invited, except for one other very overweight girl and me. That experience was so hurtful that I withdrew into a world of books. I had no idea how to make a friend or have a friend. Consequently, I never learned how to talk to my peers. Naturally, when I got older, I selected a career without a high demand for conversation. I became an engineer, a perfect choice, since engineering tends to be highly technical and requires little chatting. I routinely made technical presentations or answered complex engineering questions without any trouble. All that was required was competence in my field. However, when I was sent to conferences or industry meetings, I was expected to mingle with colleagues, to network, to meet clients. I was filled with panic. I, I only knew one way to start a conversation. Without fail, I would ask every person I met, what do you do? After we exchanged career notes, the conversation invariably sputtered to an agonizing halt. I didn't know how to keep it going. I skipped every social function I could. The ones I couldn't, I'd arrive late, leave early, and in between pray that some other person with better skills and a kind heart would rescue me by initiating a conversation. I struggled with the art of conversation throughout my tenure as an engineer. Then I took a break from my career to have my two children. In that interlude, I decided that I was weary of being overweight and self-conscious. I lost 65 pounds. My self-image improved. I wanted to have friends to connect with the community and to have fun. To do so, I knew that I would have to acquire better social skills. I took note of those who were successful at cultivating friendships and mingling in a crowd. I watched their techniques and timidly began to imitate them. My motivation went into overdrive after my husband and I divorced. I realized that I'd have to start socializing if I wanted to meet anyone. Here I was, approaching 40 years of age, having been out of my field for a number of years and needing to meet people. It was a daunting prospect, to say the least. But I realized that acquiring conversation skills was not rocket science. I convinced myself it couldn't be that tough or I wouldn't see so many people doing it so well. I made it my goal to figure out how to keep a conversation going for longer than five minutes. One of my first experiments with small talk was a life-changing success. I went to happy hour at a local night spot with a girlfriend. A man across the room began making eye contact with me. All night, we kept exchanging glances, never speaking. 
My girlfriend prodded me. Deborah, she said, just go over there and say something to him. I replied, oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't have anything to say. Besides, if he wanted to meet me, he'd have come over by now. But my girlfriend would not relent. She was so adamant that her challenge finally inspired me to go over and introduce myself to him. As I walked across the room, my heart pounded so loudly, I could hardly hear myself say hello to the man I now know as Rex. He pulled out a chair and said that he was delighted to meet me. From that inauspicious beginning, we began to date each other. A friendship developed, and I learned a lot about Rex. The most important thing I came to learn, though, was why Rex hadn't approached me at that first happy hour. I was certain that his reluctance was an unspoken commentary on some fault of mine. It had to be that I was too tall, that I still weighed too much, or that I wasn't his type. I could not have been more wrong. It wasn't about me at all. It was about him. He was too shy to approach me.